I watched this video recently. It's from 1999, and it shows a man in shorts opening the trunk of his Dodge van and pulling out a little homemade boat. The man is George Trakas, and he's an artist. George hauls the boat to the water, a creek in Brooklyn that's among the most polluted industrial waterways in the U.S. But as George plops his boat into the creek, he sees more than just toxic water. So this whole area that we're in was originally swamp. And all these inlets in here are probably all kinds of clams and oysters and sea heather and all kinds of stuff. So I have a feeling that this area will be well used. People sitting, talking, picnicking, fishing, kayaking, whatever. We'll clean all this stuff up. That day in the little boat, George was scouting out locations for what would be his biggest art installation yet. He would dedicate more than 20 years of his life to this project. I'm Johanna Mayer, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we visit Newtown Creek, where I'm sitting right now, recording this episode. We'll learn how one man, armed with a homemade boat and an artistic vision, transformed this place, and how he impacted the lives of artists and locals for years to come. After this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Here's the thing about Newtown Creek. It used to be nice. It's a tributary of the East River, and today the creek splits Brooklyn and Queens. But before Brooklyn or Queens existed, this stream overflowed into marshes. It brimmed with fish and shellfish. People swam here. The Lenape built villages and farmed fields at the head of the creek. It was once so wide that little islands sprang up in the middle of it. And then, industry showed up. By the mid-1800s, more than 50 refineries lined the shores of Newtown Creek. Glue factories, sawmills, oil refineries, petrochemical plants, coal yards. During World War II, Newtown Creek was one of the busiest ports in the country. Boats carried in fuel and carried out metals and chemicals. For a while, the city dumped raw sewage into the water. Then it built a large wastewater treatment plant right on the creek. The natives were long gone. The fish and shellfish disappeared. Definitely no swimming. And that's how the creek sat for decades, 
stagnant, polluted waters. And it was definitely not the place for New Yorkers to come and commune with nature. Until along came George Trakas and his homemade rowboat. George moved to New York City from Canada in the 60s. He's a sculptor, taught at Yale for years. He's gotten a Guggenheim Award. And he mostly works outside. He describes himself as an environmental sculptor. He recycles urban materials and spaces, and he's really interested in the relationship between people and nature. So here's George in the late 90s, living in the city, and he hears about an opportunity that is right in his wheelhouse. The city's wastewater plant, the one located at the creek, got funding for a major upgrade. And part of that money, by law, had to be earmarked for a public art project, which I just got to say, is a really great law. So the city put out a call for proposals, and of course, George raised his hand. He sketched out an idea to take the industrial concrete area surrounding the creek and transform it into a nature walk, a public walkway filled with trees and plants and installations, all with a view of beautiful, polluted Newtown Creek. And he won. We are now at the entry of the nature walk. The staircase here leads up over the plant. This is George in a video from 2021, made by the New York City Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, and one can actually go underneath, underneath it and explore it, and then come back up and go up the staircase to proceed along the nature walk toward Newtown Creek. He's giving a tour of his nature walk, where nearly every aspect is deeply linked to the history of the creek and its surrounding neighborhood. Today, the creek's actually an EPA Superfund site, which basically means it's so polluted that the agency has dedicated a whole lot of money to cleaning it up over the long term. The half-mile-long trail wraps the waterfront edge of the wastewater plant. There is a smell of effluent in the air. If you haven't heard the word effluent before, it basically means sewage. So I created what's called a fragrance garden with many plants that are fragrant, um, roses, flowers, fragrant sumac to mask that. Walk past the fragrance garden and look across the creek and you'll see a recycling plant. Today there's this giant claw machine going, picking up these huge hunks of metal and moving them around. That was part of Georgia's plan too to make a space where people can watch this process. Many people have commented to me uh, that when they came here, their children love to be able to see the process of recycling, which is a very positive modern industry. And uh, sometimes you will see huge cranes picking up crushed cars and putting them <laughs> in barges. George is fascinated with the idea of deep time, how time unfolds and overlaps. So along the nature path, he planted ginkgo trees, one of the most ancient tree species on the planet, a species that predates the dinosaurs. In another part of the walk, you'll find marine fossils embedded in the path. They're 385 million years old. And then at the very end, you'll arrive at a water fountain made of stone. But it's not just any stone. The stone is actually a 3.4 billion year old rock. It comes from a period in Earth's history when there was actually no water, standing water on Earth, because it was so hot, everything was water vapor. This celebrates that, where you can come and drink it. 
Look at the concrete around the fountain, and you'll see an imprint of two sets of feet. One set's bare, and the other is wearing moon boots. Another place where time seems to meld. You have bare feet that relate to the Lenape, to moon boots, the fact that humans were able to go to the moon. So again, it's just one of those extremes of, of human accomplishment, uh, but both having to go to water to survive. Honestly, his nature walk does the same thing. It brings people to this water. People have been jogging past me the whole time I've been here. A woman was pushing her baby in a carriage. And yeah, it's polluted water. But New Yorkers like me are finding our way here, thanks to George's work. George is in his 80s now. And in an interview, he reflected on his work with Newtown Creek. He said, I've never taken 23 years to build something but it was so much fun. I came here with nothing and went to night school and the city has fed me my whole life. So it's just nice to do something for the people of the city. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Was that a whiff of salt water? This is from an experimental audio guide to the Newtown Creek Nature Walk. What's remarkable about that creek is it's, it's really hidden from view. This is Marina Zerkow. She's an environmental artist. A lot of her work relates to what she calls wicked problems, like Superfund sites and petroleum dependence. Marina used to live half a mile away from Newtown Creek. And even though I lived originally in Greenpoint in 1985-1986, the creek was a non-entity. That changed with the design of the Newtown Creek Park. And that is a jewel that most New Yorkers don't even know about, still. In 2016, Marina started working on this piece of art about the creek. She teamed up with fellow artists Rebecca Lieberman and Nick Hubbard. I was a little bit, I think, taken aback by just kind of the beauty of the creek at those sort of early uh, phases when it meets the East River. You see marine life, the birds there, the sunset at that part, even the sounds across the way from that park, you see this car compacting site. That's the recycling site that George wanted to make sure people saw when they visited the creek. And you could watch the cars being sort of like stacked up. But even that, it kind of has its own, you know, like John Cage kind of like musicality of the city. A massive rock is directly in front of you. When I'm near it, I think of a quote from Basin and Range by the writer John McPhee. If you free yourself from the conventional reaction to a quantity like a million years, you free yourself a bit from the boundaries of human time. And then, in a way, you do not live at all. But in another way, you live forever. For Marina, this was a project about a place in her backyard. But before starting work on this project, Nick had never heard of this creek. He'd moved to New York for grad school. Marina was his teacher. But then, while they were researching the creek, learning about its history, Nick made a discovery. I started to become personally interested in my own family history, just happened to start discovering that I had 
my own ties to the creek. And I had learned that actually my family had lived in New York, lived on the creek, and that uh, one of my ancestors had worked in one of these um, factories. It was a glue factory, so it produced the you know horrific smells, toxic you know waste that then has like all accumulated to lead to this. And so that I think just really inspired me to like, wow, like how does my own um, past intersect with this? Extend your hand. Rest it on the surface of the stone. Isn't it true? The boundary of human time can be porous. I think that we were really directly inspired by George's approach to landscape architecture and how much it could actually hold. George's work already set up this framework for people to be taken on a journey. I really wanted people to celebrate and be able to experience it. If Newtown Creek had a voice, what would it say to you as you were leaving? How would it say it's goodbye? This creek, ancient, abused, anoxic, has seen this city rise. Will it miss you? And will you miss it? George Trakas's nature walk showcases the layers of history, of deep time, that are all a part of this creek. Nick and Marina wanted to create an audio walk that pulled people into this space, helped them to feel those layers of time, from that billion-year-old rock that George loved, to the image of the Lenape villages that used to line this shore, to the industrial ships and the recycling plant that sit here now. But can you hold it instead? Can you carry out some of the everythingness? And I feel like a little of my own story is layered on top of this. I first came here in April 2020. It was a really bad time in New York. And when I came across this walk, it felt like I had been given a gift. And as I sit here today, recording this on a sunny day in 2023, I can picture myself on those dreary April days, walking, looking at the Manhattan skyline, wondering what kind of world was going to be on the other side of this. And I can picture George over there in his rowboat, fish darting along the surface of the water, and Nick Hubbard's family living on the shore over there. We're all here together. Time rolls over on itself once again. You can listen to Marina, Nick, and Rebecca Lieberman's audio guide at newtowncreekfieldguide.com or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in our show notes. The video of George from 1999 was made by Keith Rodan for the Greenpoint Video Project. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, 
Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, visit atlasobscura.com. Our theme and end credits are by Sam Tyndall. I'm Johanna Mayer, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mowing Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.